Let me open up today by saying from the very bottom of my heart to all of you ladies, happy Valentine's Day. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Whoever said church is boring? I have no idea. My God, happy Groundhog Day. When it comes to Mother's Day, uh, uh, throughout the year of a pastoral responsibility, weekly responsibility, I will tell you once again, this is the week of the year that I feel the most uh, unqualified and inadequate. Because again, we know that it is just filled with a myriad of emotions from those of us that uh, no longer have our mothers with us uh, to uh, situations of, uh, of heartache. Uh, and, of course, for mothers who have already had to say goodbye to children, uh, just all kind of emotions. But then there's all the fun side as well to motherhood. And we know that um, being a mother is the hardest job on the planet. No doubt about it. And it comes with the greatest responsibility. Um, and, of course, it comes with great reward, hopefully in most cases. I was speaking with Mark Adams, and he heard a gentleman make this next statement on the radio. He said he had heard for the mothers, of course, that um, as we're being born, that uh, we, we understand that we, we don't come with a manual, but we do have a mother. And uh, that's an important statement. I, I want to open up today by reading something that was a tribute from Irma Baumbach to her mother. Many of you recognize the name, and she puts it in a way that, again, I would be inadequate to try to express. She simply said, when the good Lord was creating mothers, he was into the sixth day of overtime when the angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. And the Lord said, have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable. Run on black coffee and leftovers. Have a lap that disappears when she stands up. A kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed love affair. And six pair of hands. The angel shook her head slowly and said, six pairs of hands? No way. It's not the hands that's causing me the problem, said the Lord. It's the three pair of eyes that the mothers have to have. <laughs> that's on the standard model, asked the angel. The Lord nodded. One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? When she already knows. Another here in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she has to know. And of course, the ones here in front that can look at a child when he goofs up and say, I understand and I love you without so much as uttering a word. I can't quit now. Already I have one who heals herself when she's sick, can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger, 
and can get a nine-year-old to stand under the shower. <laughs> the angel circled the model of the mother very slowly. It's too soft, she sighed, but tough, said the Lord excitedly. You cannot imagine what this mother can do or endure. The angel asked, can it think? Not only can it think, but it can reason and compromise and dream, said the creator. Finally, the angel bent over and ran her finger across the cheek. There's a leak, she pronounced. I told you we were trying to put too much into this model. It's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. But what's it for? It's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. You're a genius, said the angel. And the Lord looked somber. I didn't put that tear there. Kind of sums it up. The roles that mothers play over a lifetime of that child. Again, I'm a product of a mother, obviously, and I was the youngest of the four that given to my mother. And uh, no matter what age I became, I was still her baby. <laughs> my sister's proving that by nodding her head till about falls off her shoulders. <laughs> you see, the truth is my parents practiced three times and they finally got it right on the fourth time. <laughs> That head's not nodding like that anymore, is it? <laughs> okay, so we know that, uh, of course, uh, Irma captured the tears. And that's what stood out to me. The psalmist says in Isaiah 56 and 8 that the Lord knows us so well that the psalmist said, you count my tossings and you bottle my tears in your bottle. What a great truth that he captured, even though it may be allegorical. God is keeping record of not only the number of hairs upon our head or the lack thereof, but the tossings and the tears that were that important to our parent, God who throughout scripture we hear language that represents the masculine and the feminine, speaking of God himself. Today we have a lot of challenges. And one that we thought, I guess, many years ago we'd never have to deal with, but it's there today, and it's the womb. The scriptures bear out, Job 1 and 21 says, Naked I came into this world from my mother's womb. Sound like an innocent enough statement, knowing that Job's probably the oldest book upon the planet. And yet, Jeremiah 1 and 5 also states that the Lord spoke to him and says, I have known you since your mother's womb. The mother's womb, once again, is described. He said, I knew you. I want to read again a familiar passage of Scripture. You don't have to, to stand for this reading, but you'll recognize it. But I want us to capture its truth again, found in Psalms 139, beginning at verse 13. The psalmist also captured this reality. For you formed 
my inward parts, you knitted me together in my, there it is again, mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. And when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when yet there was none of them. Again, whoever we are today, male, female, grandparent, parent, older, younger, whatever status in life, we come back and celebrate on a Mother's Day the reality of the privilege that we have of life and the way that God ordained it, that there's an order to things. And yet that's our challenge today, isn't it, with the culture that we're in, to understand that God really does have an order. In this, we can segue away from the role of mother for just a moment for each one of us individually and realize no matter who we are and what we are today, however old we are, there's a God who gets involved in our life and remains involved. From the very beginning, before mom and dad knew, oh, we know that she's pregnant. Will it be a boy or girl? We don't know yet. And yet God already knew. As for Sheila and I, she went to a particular doctor who another lady in the church said, this doctor is so incredible, always calls it right, and told us that our child in Sheila's womb would be a girl. This might explain some things, by the way. (laughs) And this woman bought Sheila a beautiful little red and white dress to put on our new child as that child would come into this world. Thank God, Aaron, we've never put you in that (laughs) dress. And as much as it's humorous to us, and of course, Sheila took one of her dolls and put the the dress, and we still have that dress. God knew who Aaron would be. And not only the sex of the child, but as Jeremiah heard from the Lord, (laughs) I already have your life planned for you. And the psalmist captured it. You have fashioned my day. I love that. You know I love that passage. Because it continues to speak, no matter where we are today, what we're going through today that we've never gone through previously in our life. I love that word fashioned. I have that engineering mind, and I love working with my hands. Instead of just some flip, well, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I just created you. are on your own. It was not that. He took the time not only to create days for us, but to fashion them and shape them. And trim things off and add things to and polish certain things and, and compound certain parts just to make it unique. To took, took the time to fashion not just my entire life, but every day. Are you getting that truth today in your spirit? On our worst of days, it's a day that was fashioned for us before we were even born. 
as we were in our mother's womb, taking the time to orchestrate and to plan. And how did this person come into my life? Why did this thing happen to me? Why did I go through such a season of struggle? But when you come back to what the psalmist captured, he took the time to fashion those days. And so it is when it comes to now back to mothers, the responsibility along with dad, of training a child in the way they individually should go. Yes, we many times in church talk about the importance of Scripture being in a child's life early on, and and we're going to stand on that position. However, it's that and so much more for that parent, in this case mothers especially, to identify today. We've heard from the Davis family the beautiful talents that's there. And yet there's uniqueness in every child. Amen, Mark? Who's the best one of the three? Oh, yeah, I thought so. The baby. baby. That's right, buddy. There's a theme going on here. Those practice siblings. So we come back to this role of mom. Of I can't do with this one what I did with this one. It's not working. I have to try this and try that and find what I have to train this child. This is where obviously the Lord in weaving you together had plans for you. And now I'm seeing it and I want to support that and strengthen you in that. Oh, the role of mother. Again today, the seriousness of the time the narratives that's going on. This week alone, I've had two different mothers approach me because of my responsibility with Marietta City and the transportation. One is a mother who I've known for three years who now has three children. The first two had been on my bus up until COVID. This is a woman that I know a little bit of of her life and knew that she, of course, uh, is an educator, but she and her husband decided we're going to raise a family, and for a while I'm going to step out of the workforce for these children's sake. Now, because of COVID, the children getting some age on them, she's going back to substituting. And I would see her at the elementary school briefly, and she came up to me and she said, Mr. Randy, I like that Mr. Randy, by the way. (laughs) She said, Would you and Miss Sheila come to our house for dinner one night? I have all kinds of questions for you, the previous generation. You've raised your children. We've got questions. She attends a church, and the church she attends, she said, we're all the same age, including the pastor. She said, I so much want to hear the wisdom. And I I just hugged her, and I said, I love you. To hear that coming from the younger generation of exactly what the Word of God has instructed us, the privilege of the generations being together, the wisdom that is gleaned, the new life that's experienced for the older, and they get to enjoy a freshness to something. It's supposed to be that way. But she said, I I just filled out a form, and it said, uh, am I male, female, or custom? Well, this isn't, we're hearing these words. And here's a mother says, I don't want my children to be raised thinking prejudice. She said, but we don't know what to do. I said, you have to know the word of God and train up your children in the word 
of God. It's the lens that you have to continue to look through. Will it be easy? It never has been easy. In the role of parenting, in the role of being a mother, but especially in these times when there's a narrative to the culture. A second mother, a bus driver, a little older than the first one I just mentioned, and her children are, one's a teenager and one's a teenager. Pray for her, will you? <laughs> and she said, Mr. Randy, that's what your kids call you, right? I said, the smart ones, yes. And she said, I... And she started going through things now her children are coming home with. And she said, it's tearing me apart. I said, the only thing I can share with you today is stay involved in those kids' lives. Don't freak out. Don't quit. Don't just say, well, blah, blah, blah. Listen and talk and cry and pray, but stay involved. There's a culture out there that's spinning every word, creating new words. We're hearing politicians now using new expression, especially in this Mother's Day weekend where we say now we have to say birthing people. And again, as ludicrous as it sounds to some of us, it's very up to date for others. Now, you know, I've pastored here a long time and I'm going to back off who we are, what we are. The point I'm bringing out is, is that we have to remain involved and we have to be people. Grace Life, we know one of our core bullets of this church is to be biblical. To suffer through the times we have to suffer through. I want to come to a close with another passage of Scripture, and it just, it just speaks in the big print of where we are. And it's simply Titus chapter 2, when it says, But as for you, this is the household, of course, teach what accords with sound doctrine. There it is. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. So train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working in that home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. There it is, the position again. I, I love verse 15 when it says, concluding that chapter, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority and let no one disregard you. So again, where are we? Uh, we live in a time uh, that uh, we're struggling with. We're going for things that feels good more than things that are good. We're confused. We're challenged. We're struggling. The bottom line is God has an order to things. And what I would say to this house, especially to the mothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Those that are older ladies here, that's many of you are grandmothers and great-grandmothers. You know this truth of sound doctrine that has helped you through your younger years when you didn't have a manual and you trusted in God and raised your children and helped the next generation. And you're helping yet another generation. To the mothers, especially those of you streaming right now that are just in it for the first time, just having your first child or your, your, your children are all very young right now. The truth of God's word will remain and let no one disregard you. Are we in a time of confusion? Without a doubt. Are we in a time of spinning words? Without a doubt. So above everything else, we need to remember to honor our mothers. 